Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. And we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. Um, you know, we're going to talk about something which is a little dicey, but it's one of those milestones in life, you know, as you, you raise your family and you, you raise your kids to the threshold of adulthood and something happens then or it's supposed to happen then. Well, they're supposed to grow up and move out. That is, unless you live in a hutong or, in, you know, some situation where the kids live in, in right there in in your little well, village. You to, you know, but, okay, you brought it. You got to explain what a hutong is. Okay, a hutong is is the traditional housing that they have in China, and mm-hmm. basically, it's the houses are all connected around an alleyway, mm-hmm. so that you can go from your mama's house to your to your aunt's house to your grandparents' house to your uncle's house, to your house, without going outside. So it's All the houses of, are connected. It's sort of like a family compound, but compressed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you if you don't live in a family compound or a hutong or an alleyway or whatever else. At some point, at some point kids generally leave home. Yeah. And, okay. and that's something I think how that moms really struggle with because why is that it, well you love your kids and you want them to be around you because you love them and yeah and but, i see a lot of moms getting really really sad and depressed and despairing as their kids get re- ready to leave home but really it's an exciting thing and we've seen some good stuff come out of it uh, but you know, yeah, yeah a little bit of preview we want to talk about all the different ways this can happen because and some of them are joyful and some of them not so much. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. your child's going off to do something amazing and they're leaving home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at the other extreme, mm-hmm. your child is a problem in your house and you have to child, ask them to leave. Your child has issues and it's time for them to be in the room. Yeah. And, and, that, and there's all kinds of stuff in the middle, yeah. like a mm-hmm. child who may be needs mm-hmm. to be getting out on their own and they're, they don't think they're ready or maybe um, the there child is, is ready and the parents aren't ready to let go. Or there's some sort of transitional state. Yes. You know, we've experienced a bunch of these different or situations. they might move home for a good reason <clears throat> or temporarily. It, yeah. It's complicated. Well, one thing that's happening, there is a, there's kind of a national trend and people have noticed this. In fact, um, several years ago, uh, I read and reviewed a book called Escaping the Endless Adolescence. And yeah. one of their chapter headings was whatever happened to growing up and moving out. Now, this was probably eight to 10 years ago. This was this was not recently. And yet and yet the situation has only gotten further in that direction. You know, I have I was looking at some data from the Census Bureau this week, and they said that in. In 1960, okay, get that in your mind. So we're actually, we're talking kind of like when our parents were just coming out of college. Yeah, when our parents were leaving home. When our parents were leaving home, you know, or graduating from college and starting out in adult life. They said in 1960 um, that basically only like one out of 11 young men between 25 and 35, say, only like like, like 11% of them. Um, still lived at home with their parents. Okay, yeah, so a little bit so, less than one in ten. Yeah, yeah, a little about, bit more more than one in ten. Yeah, yeah, a little more than one in ten. Okay. Okay. Um, in 2019, which was the latest year they had data, yeah, it's over 20 percent now. Really? It's gone up, and there was a big there was a big uh, uptick in the in the right around 2008 or so, and it's just gone up from there. Well, there, there are reasons and, for that. 
You know, the economy has been tough. It's been really, really hard, especially as the cost of insurance has risen. Mm. It's been harder for young people to get jobs. That's, yeah. Because companies that have to provide insurance, mm-hmm. employees suddenly become much more expensive. Well, and another thing too that that's that's happening later now than it did back then is is the the age of first marriage has moved on. And Very true. We talked about the, that a good bit. Yeah, the the age of first marriage. Um, when we got married, and for a couple of centuries before that, mm-hmm. had been eighteen to twenty for young women, right. and twenty to twenty two for young men. Mm-hmm. But that has now, it's 28 approaching 29 for young women and 29 approaching 30 for young men. Well, you know, I was looking so. at that same, that same database and they were they were talking about living arrangements for young adults, you know, that yeah. 25 to 34, I think is what they say demographically. But the 25 to 35 decade, they said in 1960 again, like 80% of young adults, men and women, like yeah. over 80% were married and living with their spouse. Interesting. Okay. Now it's more like 35%. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge difference. And actually, there's a little bit of disparity, which I think is because women are marrying older guys. Cause so yeah. it's like more women are living with their spouse than men. Yeah. Uh, tick, tick, tick. Figure that out. But, yeah. but anyway, the point being, there's been a lot of shift there. And so, you know, there's reasons, there are explanations, whatever. You know, the question kind of comes up when you look at these things that... People have made a lot of um, a lot of rhetorical weight on uh, young people living in the basement. You know, they, they're living yeah. with their parents. Is that always necessarily a bad thing, a character issue? I don't think so. No, I, no, you can't no, say that. I don't think so because we have seen situations mm-hmm. where, like, I think about um, our friend at church. Yeah. Uh, after college, he moved home because his mother had cancer mm-hmm. and his father had abandoned her. Yeah. And he moved home to take care of his mom. That's definitely a good thing. Yeah, that's a that's an honorable, yeah. a noble thing. That's the right thing to do. It may be that two generations mm-hmm. are living together in order to save money. You know, I can definitely see that. The problem is, it is very hard mm-hmm. to treat your children like adults when they are living under your roof. Now, it can be done. And we've yeah. had kids here for various reasons at different times that were adults. Yeah, yeah, that were in transitional periods, like between college and starting a first job or or, or helping for us classes with or helping us. For some, yeah. But that is that, you know, that would be a good a good topic for a whole a whole session, you know, a, right. whole, a whole episode. But, but, but it is difficult. Mm-hmm. You have to consciously think yeah. this this child of mine is no longer a child. This child of mine is an adult. Right. I need to treat them as another adult in the house. And that's, it's tough mm-hmm. and it can cause a lot of friction. And and that's one of the reasons it's probably good to be thinking in most cases, just along the line, they are going to move out and have their own place. And you need to be preparing them to move out and have their own place. Yeah. You need to be giving them the skills they need to do that. Well, okay, that's all right. Let's let's go right into that. How can you make this happen? Because you know, ultimately, I want my kids to have their own home and have their own families and to come visit. But I expect them to have their own their own world to to maintain, right. just like we right. did. Right. And so, you know, let's talk about well, how can we get to that? How can we make this happen? And you hit it right there. I think the first thing is preparing our young people to be adults. Right. And okay. so how do you do that? Sure. Well, you, you have them do chores. You have them cook and clean and, and do laundry so that they're prepared to do those things they're going to need to do for their own families. 
and you prepare them to manage their own finances, prepare them to keep, to have a job, mm-hmm. to take care of themselves, to take care of a family. Right. Right. And then you help them through the transition. Well, I think even, even, even besides that, not just giving them skills, but giving them the right attitude about it because yes. You know, it, there's kind of a running joke in the culture about adulting. I don't want to be adult today. And and that's really, that's kind of sad, honestly, to say, to say I, I don't want to be a grown-up. I don't want to be responsible. I don't want to to work and produce and, and, and such. But, you know, you know, on the other hand, I'm seeing parents that don't want their kids adulting. They want to make the decisions for their children. They want yeah. to micromanage them. They want to helicopter parent them. I can think of several families. I know personally, where well, kids in their twenties yeah. and thirties, their parents are treating them like they're like they're thirteen. Yeah, and and yeah, that there's a there's a lot of dynamics going in on that too. So, but okay, training them so that they are able to live on their own and take care of themselves, you know, just at that baseline level. Yeah, and I think I think preparing them with the idea that hey, you know what? Yeah, work is hard because it's a fallen world and, and the curse affects all of us. But honest to goodness, it is good to have work. It is good to have a purpose in life where you get up in the morning and go do something productive and get to have some sense that, yeah, this is part of my independence is that I can support myself. Well, you know, that's or, a message we're really not giving this generation that, you know, how mm-hmm. what our family life being married to you yeah. has been a blast. Second thing. You know, it has been so much fun. Marriage is not a joke. Marriage is a blessing of God. It is. Just like our work is a blessing of God. Our marriage is a blessing of God. Family is a blessing of God. It's a blessing, and it's a blessing that makes things better. Yeah. You know, that makes life better. And so, you know, I think that we don't express that like we need to to kids. Like, have you ever noticed noticed that just the common conversation when people talk about having babies is, they they complain. Yes. They talk about the the burden and and the the lack of sleep and and all the rest of that. I always stuff. hated that, by the way. Uh, yeah, you know, people yeah. always talk bad about it, but then really and truly, you know, God said, "Hey, this is a blessing. This is a particular blessing yeah. that I'm giving to particular people, and we need to we need to encourage young young mothers in particular." You know, when we see them in church and their kids are having a bad day, you know, just to smile, be as nice as we can to them and all the rest of that. Because, you know, really, they are doing a good thing. And, and we yeah. need to we need to to teach our young people, hey, one day, if if God blesses you, you can be a husband and a father or you can be a wife and a mother and have your own family and your own home. And this would be awesome. And moving out and having your own life mm-hmm. is yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Fulfilling the mission God's given you in life is a good thing, and it's a thing that brings satisfaction and joy. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's talk about some of these things. Most of our kids have left home when they went off to college, and that, and we've talked about that in another episode. Some of the benefits that we saw well, you know, of, of the, our kids moving out to college as the, a transitional thing. Well, it's been a really amazing thing because for several reasons. Mm-hmm. I think our kids who left home who went to college really learned to appreciate our family as they saw other families. True. You know, like True. all of our kids have noticed that first fall break when you first come home from college, mm-hmm. our kids have noticed that they're like, I cannot wait to come home. And their friends are like, and oh no, I have to go home. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they notice other families. Yeah. 
they see what the world's like. Mm-hmm. And all of our kids have been like, I love my family. I love what you taught me. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, there's been some great benefits and the kids left at home because, you know. Well, they each get a chance to be the older brother or the older sister. They all get a chance to be the eldest. They get to step up and take some of the household responsibility that we expect of the oldest. And see, it has amazed me how to see how much that next one down has grown up in the two or three years they've been home as the oldest. That when each child moves away to college, when each child moves away to college, that that oldest one left at home has like, it's like putting jetpacks on their maturity. They just grow up so much and so fast. And, um, and I think it's been really good for them. And, and also, mm-hmm. I've noticed that we develop a special relationship with the oldest that is, uh, that is home. You yeah. just naturally turn to the oldest one at home when there's a crisis, when you need special help, when you need to talk to them about something. Yeah. And that's been really cool to ha- to develop that special relationship with each of our kids. Our fifth just left home. So yeah. you know, we've seen this over the, over this year with our six, mm-hmm. and I think that's been really neat. So, so there's benefits. There's a number of different benefits um, of having the the older ones prepared and ready to move on, and helping them make that transition. Um, so we we want to talk some about that about you know some of those practical steps because I mean, a lot of times people come up to us. We've had people ask us. You know, I've got to get this child out of my house for one reason or another. How can I prepare this? How can I make this happen? Well, you know what? When people are asking those questions, typically they've got a 17, 18, 19 year old that they're, you know, struggling with. And it's kind of hard to say, well, you need to go back when they're eight years old and start teaching them. No, but 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 there's even even at this point more than the skills and stuff, because there's Google more than the skills and stuff. Yeah. I think you need to work on relationship before they leave home. Because if you don't have a relationship with them when they mm-hmm. leave home, you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. That relationship is what makes you able to have an impact on their life after they leave home, after they grow up. And so mm-hmm. I would counsel parents, if you've got 17, 18 year old getting ready to leave home yeah. or older, you need to be working on relationship. That's the most important part that you need. Now, I would like to pick that up and develop that because that's a I think that's a crucially important point and and I want to I want to spend some time on that. And and I and we want to talk too about the not so rosy situations where you know, it's not just the expected they're going off to college but the child wants to move out, you don't want them to or you need them to move out, they don't want to. Yeah. Or there's a crisis. Yeah. You yeah. know, so let's let's talk about that after the break. Mhm. During the break, I want to talk about Craftsman Crate. This is our program that we have come up with and developed and and tested out pretty thoroughly to help your young people. Well, to help people, not just young people. We started out subscribers of all ages. Yeah, we started out. It started out. We were thinking Mm -hmm. hands-on things that teenage boys could do to keep them off their devices. Right. It's become hands-on things everybody can can enjoy. They're really designed for. They're really designed for learners from the age twelve and up. But if you're a parent and you want to work with your younger child and teach them some of these skills alongside of them, yeah, yeah, parental, but with parental input, it's with parental a, input, yeah, it's adult level skills. They right. learn hands-on things like wood, wood burning, wood carving, uh, basketry, with calligraphy, calligraphy. Um, our most recent one was scrimshaw, 
you know, there's all yeah, kinds of cool things. Yeah, Grimshaw as a, as yeah. a skill. Yeah. And Train so go, mail kit. Yeah, okay. so go to craftsmancrate.com mm-hmm. and find out about our subscription box. Yes, craftsmancrate.com, all one word. Yep. And uh, we hope we'll see you out there. Okay. So we're talking about when you've got young people who are ready to launch or maybe should have already launched or better launch right now. You know, what, how do you make this transition happen? How do you handle this? And you said the big thing, the R word, the relationship. No, no matter how you handle this transition, no matter if it's something like like you're, you're celebrating all together or if you say, I'm so sorry, but you have got to move out. Either way, you've got to be very, very careful about the relationship because that's the tie that brings them back home. It is because when your kids leave home, all you have is relationship. Right. Their relationship with the Lord, their relationship with you, that's it. You don't have that. You don't have anything. You know, one of, those, so, one of those little things that I, I find myself saying over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, raising this large family of ours, is don't slam the door because yeah. you damage things, you hurt people, whatever. But there's a there's a larger emphasis on that too, that you don't walk out of a relationship and slam doors behind you because that damages things, not just the frame of the wood. It really it does. damages relationships. And, and, and you so, know what? You don't want that. Mm-mm. And humiliation doesn't motivate people. No. And so parents mm-hmm. will say to us, I've got a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. My young adult ch- child is leaving at home, is living at home mm-hmm. and they're smoking pot at home or they're using drugs. Mm-hmm. And I can't allow this in my house. Do I need to, how do I kick them out? Or mm-hmm. other parents who say, should I kick out my child? They're, they, they're taking classes at the community college. I don't think they ought to be doing that. And they got a job that I don't approve of. Y'all, first of all, mm-hmm. don't break relationships over disagreements. Yeah, you know, something that's not a matter of, of law or morality. You know, they, and so if you have a are, disagreement with the way your, your yeah. child's running running their lives, and it's just that it's a disagreement, what they're doing mm-hmm. isn't sinful mm-hmm. or dishonorable, yeah. then you need to talk. You don't need to kick them out. If you have a child who's endangering the family, mm-hmm. who is committing sin against his siblings, or breaking mm-hmm. the law, mm-hmm. or doing something that endangers the family, yes, you may need to have them move out. You don't need to kick them out. There's a difference. You know, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. yeah, you could come home, scream at them, pack, take their suitcases, throw some stuff in it, and put it on the porch and tell them goodbye. That's, but if that's you do, you may never see them again. Right. Because you have slammed the door on them. It's a very different thing. And this is an entirely different message mm-hmm. to sit down and say, you know what, honey? I love you. And I hate that it's come to this. But yeah. we've warned you. Mm-hmm. And I cannot allow you to break the law in our home because it endangers your other siblings. Mm-hmm. If somebody t- rats on you mm-hmm. and the police come to our house and there's drugs in our house, your kid, your brothers and sisters will be put in foster care. Yeah. And that's not right that for me to allow that risk. Yeah. And so I think it's time for you to move into your own place. And look, I'm going to help you. I'll help you find a place. Mm-hmm. I'll help you find furniture. We're going to do this the right way, and I will never stop loving you, but you can't live here anymore. Well, and that's, you know, you said, you used the phrase it, that it's come to this. This is not something that's the first time there's a disagreement. No. First time, first time you've had an argument, that's it, you're out of here. No, this that's like the last, that's the, the end of a long chain of discussions and 
attempts to set things right and all the rest of that. And sometimes, you know, sometimes there's just a level of disagreement, maybe even where you just have to say for the peace of the family, you know, we need to, we need to, to get you your independence, your own place, you know, to put some, some airspace between us, you know, moving them out of their house doesn't mean that you're kicking them out of your heart. That's no. an important thing. And, and if you do it in a loving way like that, mm-hmm. you're showing that you want the best for them. Okay. And you're proving your love to them. You're investing in them. And, you know, I think about our friend, uh, particular friends that have mm-hmm. a prodigal daughter, mm-hmm. but they have shown her love. Mm-hmm. They have, they don't approve of, of what she's doing, yeah. but they do love her and they show her that. And she comes home and visits and they have a good relationship. And I have every hope that she's going to come to Christ. And they don't, you know what? They don't have to preach to her. I mean, they, they raised, they raised her for how many years at home before she, she went to college? She knows what they believe. And she knows that there's a disagreement between what she was taught and what she's doing now. But her parents are saying, you know what? You're an adult. You, you are living your own life and you are facing your own consequences. We are here to love you, to pray for you, to give you whatever counsel we can. And, you know, they've maintained a relationship so that there is some mutual respect and there's love and there's the ability to give counsel, to speak into this person's life and, and know that at least they'll listen. They don't just hang up, you know? Now, um, we would recommend engaging today's prodigal by Carol Barnier for parents that mm -hmm. they're struggling with a prodigal child. Right. And we'll put a link. Okay. Okay. We'll put a link down below this. Okay. um, Or on the archive page if you're listening to the podcast right Mm -hmm. so that you can find that book it's really good Mm -hmm. another situation though hell that i'm hearing of a a, really a shocking amount of the time Mm -hmm. is young adults in their 20s or even Mm -hmm. 30s right who are ready to at least they believe they're ready Mm -hmm. to have their own life move out of the house and their parents don't want them to and you know, I want to speak for a moment to those parents. It's right. scary. I know it's scary. When your kids leave your roof. One well, mom, one mom in one of my mother's groups yeah. said, said my, I don't know what to do. My, my son wants to leave home, and I just don't think he's ready. And I, I feel like if he's not under our roof, we can't control the inputs and the, and the, the things going on in his life. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm just afraid that if he leaves home, we're just not going to have that same kind of input. And I said, right. how old is he? Mm-hmm. And she said, 23. I would think by that time you've already trained him, right? And that you've taught and him the, how to make this. The fact yeah. that she's still talking about controlling him, he's 23, is a warning sign. It's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Because, y'all, we can't talk about raising our kids to be warriors for Christ. Mm-hmm. And then not allow them to become adults. Because yeah. a 23-year-old is old enough. To stand on their own and mm-hmm. stand and to live out what they believe. Right. And if you have not passed on what you need to pass on by then, you got a problem mm-hmm. because at that point, you're crippling your child. Yeah. You're preventing them from developing into an adult. And that goes for girls too. A young mm-hmm. friend of mine who is a, now a homeschool mom with several children, she said, my parents were so concerned that I'd be able to submit to my husband one day and that I'd be a good wife that they did not allow me to make any decisions, she said. Mm-hmm. And so when I got married, my husband thought he was marrying a woman. He married a, a girl mm-hmm. because he would leave home and say, um, 
honey, find us a plumber to deal with that leak. And I'd have a, and she said, I had, I had a panic attack mm-hmm. because I had never made a decision like that in my life. And I had no idea how to make a decision. You know, our daughters, even if they get married right away, which mm-hmm. really looking at the stats, they're not likely to, they're likely to be single till they're close to 30. Mm-hmm. They need to be grownups. They need to be adults. They need to be contributing members of society. And, and, really, and that doesn't necessarily mean a career. It might be volunteering, but they need to be able to use their gifts for God's glory. And and there is no reason really that that somebody in their 20s couldn't just live as a grown-up independently. I mean, honest to goodness, they should have at least enough education to find a job. They should have enough um, basic skills to take care of their basic needs. I mean, yeah, there's a lot to learn. You keep learning all your life. But... And I don't think it's wrong for a young adult to live at home if they want to and the parents mm-hmm. are okay with it. Mm-hmm. But they need to be contributing and not just doing chores like a younger child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think you should examine it. I think you should examine yeah. it and ask yourself, am mm-hmm. I preventing them mm-hmm. from learning what the Lord would have them to learn from using their gifts mm-hmm. in the ways that God would have them to use their gifts during this time. Right. Because I'm seeing that happen too often, you know, that mm-hmm. young adults that could be mm-hmm. working on their, on the mission God has for them are instead living the same way they did when they were 13 or 14. You know, you talk about examining things, you know, and being aware of the situation. I think that's critical because a lot of times, a lot of times if you just took a snapshot, what you see could be explained by two or three different pathways. You know, you see a young person living at home, you know, they've been off to college or whatever, and they are in their mid twenties and they're living in their parents' home. Um, It could be a matter of I'm waiting for my enlistment to take effect and I'm going to be going to training in a few months. It could be, um, it could be I'm taking classes at college, which is cheaper to live at home and commute. It could be um, I don't know what to do in my life, and I'm really adrift. And 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 that's a thing, you know, that's something that you can help. That's kind of one of those things. It's not it's not the matter of this is temporary and we know it's going to get better versus um, this is awful and we've got to make an end to it. But this is like they're kind of stuck. They're stuck. How do you help the child who's stuck? I think a lot of times when they're stuck, they're depressed. You know, they've oh, yeah. had something happen Definitely. in their lives. They're they're struggling to overcome it. And, and and they're discouraged. And they're discouraged. They're lacking in the self-confidence. And and you know what? Finding a job is a, is it takes a lot of self-confidence to get it out there. It takes a ton of and, self-confidence. And to be willing to knock on doors knowing that most of them are going to are going to close. Most of them are not going to open up an opportunity for you, but you have to go out and, you know, plant just so many seeds before you start to see any fruit. Okay, so let's talk about some ways to help uh, an adult child, whether at home with you or not, get unstuck. Mm-hmm. I think one way is to encourage them to get on a regular schedule. It's easy to shift everything to where they're only up at night. You can't hunt for a job at night. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's hard when you're depressed to go to bed, and it, then it's harder to get up again. Yeah. Encourage them to get on a regular schedule. Encourage mm-hmm. them to start some supplements that might help like fish oil and probiotics and uh-huh. vitamin D. Yeah. Encourage them to, to get out in the sun and to get exercise. Encourage mm-hmm. them to take some positive steps. You know, there's things like community colleges often have classes at no cost. 
you know, to, to learn some skills, to, to help with job, job hunting skills or resume skills or whatever, um, local employment agencies. And I mean, like the, the, the county employment agency, you know, the unemployment yeah. office or whatever often have resources, job banks and things like and that. And temp agencies. You can work, you can work for a temp agency. Yeah. Um, you can encourage them, brainstorm with them. Just like mm-hmm. we've talked about with the kids going off to college. Yeah. Get a big whiteboard and make a list of skills and talents they have. Yeah. And then make a list of interests they have and what kind of work environment they would like. Mm-hmm. And then the third list, make a list of pe- things people will pay them for that, that employ things they're good at yeah. and things they're interested in. Yeah. And, and then help them make any kind of step. Okay. Mm-hmm. For example, maybe they need to recover some before they're ready to go out and find a corporate job. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, get them selling things on eBay or selling things on Amazon. There's yeah, courses they can take. Yeah. Help them start a business. Mm-hmm. Have them go out and and do and do landscaping or do some kind of job where they're working for people. Because often, when when you kind of lost hope, mm-hmm. it makes you feel helpless. And if you can do anything to give them just a, a leg up mm-hmm. to feel like, okay, I'm not helpless. I've got some yeah. control here. That you have some agency. I have some say. hope. Yeah. And and anything you can do to do that, to even if it's temporary, yeah. earning some money, somebody paying them for something they're good at doing, think yeah. outside the box. If well, if mm-hmm. if you've got a, a daughter who's really good at decoration, Mm-hmm. You know, she might be able to to help people decorate at Christmas. If you've got, you know, mm-hmm. anything that will help them to take a few steps and get their toe, get their feet wet mm-hmm. and explore some ideas. And they might find something they're passionate about. You know, one thing that one thing that I didn't learn until way too late in my career was that my my identity, who I am, I mean, my worth in the in the universe is not based on the line on my business card. That's right. It has nothing That's to right. do with my business card. It's uh, my worth is in Christ. I was created by God. I was redeemed by his son. I'm his mm-hmm. servant. And oh, for a time, I'm working as an engineer. For a time, I'm working as a writer. For a time, I'm doing whatever because it's good to work. And it's not so important that I be climbing step-by-step step up a corporate ladder, but to say, you know what? Uh, for example, okay, I know a lot of a lot of people have aspirations for something which frankly it takes a while to build into that. And you know what? There is nothing wrong to say God has gifted me to be a musician, to be an artist, to be in a creative class or something, and I can't find a job that's going to pay me what that's worth. Well, you know what? There is nothing at all wrong with working in a restaurant, working in a delivery service, doing, you know, anything that, that pays bills. While you develop the skills, while you build your portfolio, what That's you right. guess what? You know what? People like Aaron Copeland, great American composer, he wrote film scores. Yeah. You know, Sir Lawrence Olivier, Sir Lawrence Olivier, the great Shakespearean writer, acted in B movies. And people said, "Why are you doing? You know, you you were Richard the Third. Why are you doing this kind of movie?" He says, "I got bills to pay." Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's it's honorable. And so you know, just to kind of get out of the stasis, get out of the rut and say, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something. And I'm not making, this is not going to be my whole career. This may not even be the whole month, but I'm going to go out and do something productive, not just sit here and 
and, and vegetate. And when you, you know? have an adult child who's stuck, it is more important than ever to treat them as an adult, even if they're in your home. Yes. Because they already feel incompetent, worthless. Right. And if you treat them the same way that you treat their 12-year-old brother or sister, it's going to be really hard. That's not going to pull them out of that. Yeah. So, yeah and Beating people down does not encourage them to do better, you know? Instead, they need uh, encouragement. They need to be built up. They need to be edified. Right. And we're out of time. We got to go, we folks. Okay. Listen. Yes. Follow us, our podcast yes. at HelenMelanie.com slash radio. That's correct. And or on iTunes, Spotify, mm-hmm. or iHeartRadio. Please be, mm-hmm. please go review us. If mm-hmm. you're watching us on YouTube, yep. review us down there in the comments. Mm-hmm. Click like and share because mm-hmm. we will we want to talk to you next week when yep. we're going to have some more topics that will help you to carry biblical family life into the 21st century. Okay. And so we thank you for joining us. We hope you'll join us again. Until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.